Welcome to the Saving Lives Podcast. I'm Eddie Joe. Today is the 17th of August of 2020, and I'm going to be talking about an article that was published on the 11th of August of this year. The title of the article is Combination Therapy of Vitamin C and Thiamine for Septic Shock, a Multi-Center Double-Blind Randomized Control Study. And this study was published by the fine folks over in the Korean Shock Society. A hat tip to all the authors. This study carries the acronym ATESS, A-T-E-S-S, for the ascorbic acid and thiamine effect in septic shock trial. As is appropriate when discussing any article, this one is free and open access. So please go check it out yourself. Don't trust me with what I'm about to say. This is my take on this literature. I'm going to cherry pick the data I want to discuss. So that's a, that's a clear disclaimer. And go download the article for yourself. It's pretty interesting. I definitely recommend you read it. In the introduction of this article, the authors acknowledge all different ways that vitamin C and thiamine could potentially help patients who are in septic shock. Amongst those, they discuss how vitamin C is an essential cofactor for the biosynthesis of catecholamine and vasopressin, and it also augments vasopressor responsiveness. They also talk about how it modulates the immune system and go into how thiamine plays essential roles in cellular energy production and protects against tissue oxidative damage. I plan on one day doing a whole podcast on metabolic resuscitation, but today's not the day for that. Ultimately, how I designed the study was to conduct a multi-center double-blind randomized control trial in adult patients who are in septic shock. They did this in four different academic emergency departments in South Korea. I really have to tip my hat to them for doing this because a lot of these studies are done in the ICUs, And then there's a question, such as the vitamins trial, of how long it took for the patient to be in the ED and transferred to the ICU, and then for the study drugs to be administered. We have no question about that here. It was done in the emergency department. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. One always has to look at the study population to make sure that everything is in line. Here, there was no funny business. They chose adult patients in the emergency department with septic shock. Who are the ones who have septic shock. How do they define it? Well, persistent hypotension requiring vasopressors. They had a MAP target, MAP being mean arterial pressure, of greater than or equal to 65 after getting a fluid challenge, and they had a serum lactate greater than 2. So these people were sick. How did they randomize the patients? Well, it was a one-to-one randomization. Either they got the placebo or the treatment. What treatment did they get, though? The treatment group, which is the group that got vitamin C, They got 50 milligrams per kilogram up to a max dose of 3 grams and a max daily dose of 6 grams of vitamin C. Keep in mind that the Palmeric study and most other studies such as the vitamins and the oranges trial, those use 1.5 grams IV every 6 hours, by the way. And then the thiamine was 200 milligrams. Let's go over really quick what they measured as the outcomes. The primary outcome was a change in the SOFA score which 
nowadays to get a mortality as a primary endpoint is going to be pretty difficult for a number of reasons. But mortality is one of the secondary outcomes. And they looked at seven day, 28 day, 90 day in hospital as well as ICU. They saw how fast patients reversed out of shock. And then this is important because uh, as I mentioned in other podcasts and Instagram, whatever, that ascorbic acid is a necessary cofactor for the creation of endogenous catecholamines. So if you don't have vitamin C in your system, you're not going to be very, uh, you're not going to come out of shock quickly. But they also looked at vasopressor doses, duration of mechanical ventilation, a whole bunch of other things like acute kidney injury. I'm not going to get into everything, but there were a ton of different secondary outcomes in this. All in all, they were able to get 111 patients enrolled into the study and into the analysis. 53 of these patients were in the treatment group, in other words, the group that got the vitamin C and thiamine, and 58 of these were assigned to the placebo group. One always has to look at the patient baseline characteristics in these studies. You got to make sure that these reflect normal patient population, because if not, you have to know how this affects your interpretation of the data. And here's an example of some things that caught my eye. And honestly, the authors admitted to it. So I got to tip my hat to them for that too. But when you're looking at the patient population of this, you know, you have your usual people with hypertension, diabetes, etc. But then when you look at people who had malignancies, this was, this was a little out of proportion to all the other studies that we have seen before. And an example of that is that of the entire treatment group, which was 53 people, of those, 31 people had cancer, 22 had solid cancers, and 19 of them had hematologic cancers, cancers excuse me, or as one of my oncology friends says, liquid tumors. Then you also have to look at where the patients had their actual infection. You know, the vast majority of our patients who we take care, of the, take care of in the ICU, they come in with respiratory infections. In this study, however, in the treatment group, 51% of the patients had intra-abdominal infections. You and I know that the vast majority of people who have intra-abdominal infections require a surgery or a surgeon for source control, but it doesn't get too much into that in this particular study. Table two gives us an idea of the co-interventions performed in this study. And I'm sure when you were reading the, or when you were listening to the title, you're wondering, where, where, are, the, where are the glucocorticoids, where are the corticosteroids in this? And to be honest, they didn't include it in it. However, in the treatment group, 58% of the patients received corticosteroids. And in the placebo group, 50% of the patients got corticosteroids. Now, there are a number of reasons why corticosteroids are beneficial especially when giving patients vitamin C and thiamine. And it's because, honestly, vitamin C and glucocorticoids work synergistically. So they just help each other out. Definitely one of the best things of this study is how long they took to give the first study drug after admission to the ED. And the median time to this was 8.4 hours in the treatment group and 9.9 hours in the placebo group. So that's that's pretty quick. I mean... When you compare the vitamins trial out of New Zealand and Australia, again, I think I mentioned earlier in the podcast, they took greater than 24 hours median to administer study drugs. But that's just something cool they did. Well, let's get into the meat and potatoes of this. Did the vitamin C and thiamine actually work? And the short answer is no, it didn't work. The primary outcome was the change in the SOFA scores between the treatment and placebo groups. And there was honestly no significant difference between the two. When you look at the secondary outcomes, 
there was no difference in mortality between the two groups. Also, there was no difference in shock reversal either. Uh, There was no changes in vasopressors. There was nothing else that was different, including ventilator-free days, uh, acute kidney injury, biomarkers such as CRP or procalcitonin. There There was none of that. But another thing is that there were also no adverse effects reported in the treatment group. So those are the outcomes of this paper. Now, like me, you might be scratching your head and wondering, why, why is it that this is a negative trial, like a completely negative trial? Because usually they show at least a change in the SOFA scores or faster resolution of shock or some other outcome that's positive. But why this study? Why, why, if it was done so well and they started it so early, why was there no difference? Well, the authors have a couple of ideas as to why this could be the case. The first thing being that the interval for the administration of vitamin C, which is usually every six hours, is every 12 hours in the study, even though they did go ahead and, you know, use a bigger slug of, of vitamin C. The other thing is that they gave the, the study drugs for 48 hours versus most other studies do it for 96 hours. So that's a difference. Another thing could be the administration of glucocorticoids, but the authors did a subgroup analysis of it, which, you know, it's hard to do a accurate subgroup analysis with adequate um, adequate powering to it with only 111 patients in each arm. But nonetheless, they did a subgroup analysis and showed that using glucocorticoids did not make a difference in this at all. To conclude this podcast and to conclude my review of this study, and if you like this, just let me know down in the comments below or find some way to get a hold of me and let me know what you think about this. But the authors found in this study that giving vitamin C and thiamine compared to placebo in the early phase of septic shock, you know, and for treatment lasting 48 hours. It didn't improve organ function, mortality, or any of the other things. There's a question of, you know, did they give the right dose? Should they have given more steroids? Should they have gotten a larger sample size of patients? Whatever. Or it just could be that this doesn't work. Nonetheless, it's always interesting to see what they do in these studies and how they practice in different countries because it could, you know, shine some light on things that we could do here, maybe make patients' outcomes, maybe make patient outcomes better and save some lives. Hope you all enjoyed this podcast. Have a great day.